0: If only all the creatures had something to do, like Racket. They are growing so very bored being locked up in their stalls,
1: Liz thought to herself.
0: I've got to get out of here away from all
1: this racket. I'm going to stretch my legs, Max said as he trotted out of the stall. Suddenly, an idea came to her, and she couldn't wait to see if it would work. Welcome to the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast with your hosts, Max and Liz. This podcast is brought to you by Playful World Ministries. Max, Liz, and all the characters and adventures of the Epic Order of the Seven were created by and written by Jenny L. Cody. On today's episode, we'll hear chapter 49 from The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud. And a little later, we'll all head over to Jenny's corner as we have a very interesting question for our author, Miss Jenny Cody. And let's get things started with your hosts, Max and Liz. And a, uh, a jazz combo. Ah, greetings all,
0: and greetings, fellas. Hey, bro. Yo, dog. What's up, man? And uh, who are these gentlemen? Uh, in a second, Liz. Uh, so, lad, did you bring it?
1: Well, yeah, I did, but I have no idea why you wanted me to. Br- did he bring what? Well, Max asked me to bring my, uh, my, my, my harmonica.
0: Max, why on earth did you do that? Well, I I were thinking about today's chapter, and we're thinking back to being on the Arkanoel. We, oui, it was a difficult time, no? Boy, I
1: would imagine it was pretty difficult.
0: We, oui, your imagination is accurate, but uh, some of us uh, don't need to imagine, Monsieur.
1: Oh well, pardon. That still doesn't explain why I have my harmonica.
0: Uh, no, Max, it does not explain. I mean, I'm happy to play for you. No, no, I don't think- Oh, come on, Kitty. Give the lad a chance, then. Are you ready, fellas? I mean, let's face it, those first few weeks in the Ark, they were hard. I was feeling bad like I was stuck in jail. Was enough to make a laddie want to chase his tail. Now, being there were right in me wee little stall, but there was no end in sight, and the rain just kept falling. The ark were safe, aye, but if I had to choose, I'd rather go to me Scotland on a weekend cruise. I had those living in the bottom of them, big board blues. Ah, oh, let me tell you about it. Just a whole bunch of animals with nothing to do, but walk around all day just saying, how do you do? Wee wee wee. We're getting antsy and a little bit bored. We're waiting for the rain to stop and pray to the Lord. That he would give my kitty brain an idea or two. A little something, something everybody could do to chase the living in the bottom of a big boat blues. Stop playing, boys! Go, cat, go!
1: Well, they were in a big boat, bouncing wave to wave. It was keeping them dry, their very lives it saved. But now they needed
0: fun, needed something more, until the water dried up so they could go ashore. But how much longer would they pay their dues? How long before they get
1: the happy news? And then they're living in the bottom of a big boat blues.
0: What was that, Liz? Well, how much longer would we pay our dues? Before we get a little bit of happy news to end the living in, in the, the bottom of, bottom of, of a Big Boat Blues! Oh yeah! Uh, that was cool, Daddy-o! Oui, that was the cat's pajamas! Yeah, Groovy! Groovy? groovy? Uh, on that note, why don't you just read the chapter then, lad?
1: Fine. Chapter 49, Liz Hatches an Idea Father, have you noticed all the sea creatures gathered around the ark? I've never seen the likes of these before, said Shem as he and Noah stood looking out the windows at the blue waters surrounding them. The sun had returned and danced like diamonds on the water. Noah breathed in deeply, closing his eyes and enjoying the salt air, the sound of the seabirds, and the warmth of the sunshine. He was so grateful the rain was over. His family had grown weary of listening to it. It cast such gloom over the ark. But the sun brought light to their eyes and hearts. Noah opened his eyes. Yes, look at them all. These creatures were never intended to board the ark, but God is meeting their needs within reach of this safe haven. Their underwater world has changed too. Perhaps his provision extends from the ark to the surrounding sea. Look, those fish are jumping out of the water. Are they flying? Ham asked, coming up behind them. Noah and Shem smiled as they too saw the flying fish. God's creation is staggering, Noah said. I thought we had seen most of God's creation here aboard the ark. But I never considered so much life to be around us in the seas." The pelicans were squawking with the web-footed seabirds above deck, which was quickly becoming covered with feathers and bird droppings. "'I kind of wish God would send some rain to wash off the deck,' said Ham. "'No!' Shem and Noah said together in response. "'Hey, I was just kidding,' Ham replied with his hands up in defensive posture. Come on, we've got animals to take care of today. They are very restless and tired of being confined. I don't know what all we can do, but the larger animals need to do some walking to stretch their legs. While one of us walks the animals, the other can clean the stall. Let's head to the lower deck. See you later, father. Shem said as he and Ham turned to leave.
0: (laughs) Japheth can clean. I'll help you walk. (laughs)
1: Laughed Ham as they went down the ramp. Noah stood looking out over the sea, wondering how long this was going to last. Forty days of rain had been a long test. But what if it were only the beginning? The water levels were still rising as they observed the mountaintops shrink each day. Noah kept his journal up to date with daily entries so he could keep track of the days aboard the ark. He knew it would be important to tell the generations to come about this incredible miracle. Max covered his ears as Racket banged away at the marking beam. Liz watched Racket work, grateful for his help.
0: If only all the creatures had something to do, like Racket, they are growing so very bored being locked up in their stalls. I wish I could come up with something to occupy them, Liz thought to herself. Aye, I've got to get out of here, away from all this racket.
1: I'm going to stretch me legs, Max said as he trotted out of the stall. Liz smiled as she watched Max walk down the corridor. She sat and thought a while, tuning out Racket's racket. Suddenly an idea came to her. It could be a solution to the boredom, and she couldn't wait to see if it would work.
0: "'Ada, real eggs? How did you—?'
1: Lily said excitedly as Ada grinned
0: back with a wink, breaking another egg over a bowl. "'Your sweet husband has been collecting eggs from the hen each day and keeping them cold in one of the cooler stalls. He brought me a basketful this morning as a surprise. We'll enjoy them for breakfast,' Ada explained,
1: reaching for the coarse salt.
0: "'Oh, how delicious!' What a wonderful man I have. Eggs!
1: Lily exclaimed, clasping her hands
0: in eager anticipation of their breakfast. Everyone is going to be happy about this. Go round up the family. We'll be ready to eat soon. Oh, and tell one of the men to get me a few bananas, please.
1: Ada instructed. Lily took off to go find the others.
0: Eggs!
1: She exclaimed to herself again as she hurried down the corridor. Japheth walked along the corridor with the bull and cow behind him, still marveling at how the stalls had transformed aboard the ark. It never got old seeing the animals in their natural habitats. Don Pedro was relieved to go for a walk and stretch his legs, especially to get out of the stall, away from Henriette. She wasn't bossing him as much lately since the bull didn't need her coaching while locked up in the stall, but her constant chatter got annoying. Isabella walked slowly behind him, also enjoying the walk but mostly enjoying grazing the vines and flowers of the stalls she passed. Isabella, I wish I could take off running down this corridor. My legs are crying out to go for a run. Don Pedro snorted. Isabella, not concerned about manners, spoke with her mouth full as she replied to her anxious mate,
0: See, I know you want to, but be thankful for the walk. Besides, if Henriette catches you trying to run, she'll have to start coaching you again.
1: See, you're right. I'd rather have no running and no Henriette. See, I try to be content like you. Don Pedro replied. Liz walked up behind Don Pedro and Isabella jumped up on a railing, and then over on top of Isabella.
0: Bonjour, mes amis. How are you today? Buenos dias, senora. We are enjoying getting out of our stall to walk. I'm glad the humans
1: figured out we needed to move about, replied the bull.
0: But Don Pedro wants to run. I warned him that Henriette would be on his case again if he tried.
1: Isabella explained, still chewing.
0: (laughs) Ah, oui, this is true,
1: Liz said with a chuckle.
0: How is Henriette spending her time these days?
1: She and Maria the Raven have become great friends, and they spend a lot of time together. Jacques accuses her of befriending the enemy since he's still at war with Rico, but Henriette ignores his complaints, Don Pedro said with a snort. Isabella flicked her tail to get the two flies away from her.
0: But, like all of us, she has mucho time on her hands. She lays a daily egg. The humans keep taking them, which is good. Otherwise, we'd have a huge mess in our stall with all those eggs piling up. We exercise is important, no?
1: Liz said as she jumped off Isabella's back.
0: Enjoy the walk. I'm off to find Rudy and Rosie. Liz went trotting happily down the
1: corridor, passing Japheth and meowing a bonjour to him as she walked by. Japheth smiled at the petite kitty, who seemed to have command of the ark. She was able to go anywhere she wanted, unlike most of the other animals aboard. Just then he heard Lily calling him.
0: Japheth, those wonderful eggs you gathered are ready for breakfast. Be right there, Lily,
1: Japheth replied. Then patting Don Pedro on the snout, he said, Gotta go back in your stall, big guy. Breakfast is ready. Eggs! Don Pedro snorted in protest as Japheth led him and Isabella back to their stall. Even now Henriette was able to disrupt his life. Her eggs were cutting short his walk. The mist from the waterfall continually hung in the air as the water cascaded into the pond. It was cool and refreshing. Rudy and Rosie buzzed around the flowers that surrounded this tropical paradise, enjoying the sweet nectar as well as the company of new friends they had made on the ark. They were especially fond of their flamingo bird friends, Normando and Leia. They were so full of life and energy, while Toby and Tippin, the toucans, were never at a loss for words, Felix and Carmen, the macaws, kept the place alive with their loud mouths and colorful presence. Bonjour, Liz called to the hummingbirds as she sat on the railing of the stall, closing her eyes to let the mist gently fall on her face.
0: C'est magnifique, this waterfall,
1: she thought to herself.
0: Hola, senora,
1: Rudy said as he and Rosie buzzed over to land on a branch nearby.
0: What brings you to the rainforest today?
1: Liz opened her eyes and smiled, studying the creatures filling this habitat. The birds, frogs, and reptiles were thriving in this environment.
0: I have been working on a plan to help with the boredom of the Ark inhabitants. I wish to talk with some of your friends, but I need your help to enlist them,
1: Liz said, smiling at the tiny, colorful birds.
0: Oh, what is the plan?
1: Rosie asked enthusiastically.
0: You always have the best idea, senora. Boredom is becoming a problem for the animals. Since we do not know how long we will be aboard the Ark, we must take measures to keep ourselves physically active.
1: Liz explained. Rudy and Rosie looked at each other and shrugged their tiny shoulders.
0: What exactly do you have in mind?
1: Rudy asked.
0: I understand that the flamingos from Trinidad are quite athletic, So they would be perfect to lead daily exercise, no?
1: Liz replied, snapping out her paw to wipe away the mist on her face.
0: That sounds muy bueno. And you mentioned us helping?
1: Rosie asked.
0: Oui, I would like you and your feathered friends to help me spread the word about what we are going to do, an exercise schedule, if you will. There has to be order and a schedule for this to work. Would your bird friends be willing to help communicate with the animals? Kleinan and Bethu will help too, of course.
1: Liz said, eyeing the birds up in the trees surrounding the waterfall.
0: See, of course we will help. After all, birds of a feather do flock together, no?
1: Rosie replied, already excited about Liz's idea. For the next hour, Liz met with Normando and Leia to discuss daily exercise options for the animals. The flamingos were ecstatic and couldn't wait to get started. They determined that exercise would begin tomorrow morning and would take place at 100-foot intervals along the corridor so the animals could view the flamingo instructors from their stalls. The daily 30-minute routine would begin with a warm-up, followed by aerobics, and a cool-down with deep breathing and stretching. Liz was excited as she returned to her stall. Al lay there snoring in the hammock. His large belly full of food, drool streaming down his chin, and a goofy grin on his face.
0: I know the creature who will benefit from exercise the most,
1: <laughs> she chuckled to herself.
0: Hi, Big Al, we're going to love that. Uh, well, we shall see, huh? Or at least we shall hear anyway. Uh, speaking of hearing, uh, what happened to the jazz musicians? I had to send them on their way then. But why? Well, let's face it, we no longer have the blues. This is true. And we no longer have the money. (laughs) They don't come cheap, lass. And me being a frugal Scottish lad, I didn't want to spend any more of announcer lad's money. Well, thank you. Uh, You're
1: welcome, lad. Wait, what? Right now. Wait a minute. I don't have any cash. Not to worry. I put it on your card. You did what? Uh, You don't have to pay for it for a month or so. But Yeah, but... So you can start saving up for it. Thanks a lot, Max. Ah, my pleasure. Why do I suddenly feel like singing the blues again?
0: Oh, monsieur, that was so 15 minutes ago. Oh, and speaking of time, it is time to check in with our author, Magnifique,
2: uh, Miss Jenny Coty. Ha! What's happening in Jenny's corner today, lass? Hey, Max and Liz. I decided to go back into the vault and pull out some letters that I have received from readers over the years. You know, I said that, Letters mean so much, handwritten letters, and it has been such a blessing to hear from you all over the years. And do you know that I have kept every letter that I have received? And so I just went back into my files and just randomly pulled out some that I want to share with you. This one is from May 31st, 2012, and it's from Hampton, Virginia. And this is a student named Glenn B., And he wrote me this letter. I had been to his school, and he said, Dear Mrs. Cody, thank you so much for writing The Prophet, the Shepherd, and the Star. My opinion is that your series is the best series ever. My favorite character is Maximilian Braveheart the Bruce. I like Max because of his Scottish accent and because he is the team leader. As Max would say, it's about time I write this letter. Another quality about Max is his bravery. (laughs) When the jackal and the lion attacked Clary's flock, Max bravely fought the beasties off. He also showed bravery when the Assyrians attacked Jerusalem by wrestling with a lion. An idea of mine is that this series of books would be a good animated movie. This idea formed a question. Have you ever thought that this series could become a movie series or a television show? I would enjoy it thoroughly. I look forward to reading the next book in this series. Thank you for writing the series of books. Your reader, Glenn B. P.S. I've started speaking in Max Talk. (laughs) Well, Glenn, this has been eight years since you wrote this letter, and I don't know what you're doing now, if you're still doing Max Speak, but to answer your question, yes, then we were thinking about movies, and it's happening right now. So sometimes the things that we dream about take a while to come to fruition, but I'm really excited to share that we are very close to having an animated feature film of The Ark Thread and the Fire Cloud come out hopefully in two years, so you can be praying about that. So thank you, Glenn, for writing so long ago, and I hope that you are doing well wherever you are. And that you're brave like Max.
0: Oh, you're, you're making me blush, Miss Jinny. But thank you kindly then.
2: Well, that wraps up today's adventure,
0: and. Ah, Monsieur Denis, why are you playing the blues? That part is over. Move on. There goes my savings. There goes my stash. My pockets are empty. I run out of cash. Ain't got no money. It's gonna be hard, cause somebody maxed out my credit card. Uh Uh-oh. Well, that's our show for today. Max. Join us next time as the animals on board the ark start sweating to the oldies. What did it cost? Uh, The Old Testament oldies, that is. How much? Kind of like I'm sweating right now. You Uh, better be sweating. uh, See you then. How Uh, much, Max? uh, Come down, lad. (laughs) It went that much. How much? think. Uh, Bye. Come back here.
1: Once again, The Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, is produced by Playful World Ministries, and The Ark, The Read, and The Fire Cloud was written by Jenny L. Cody. To purchase your copy of The Ark, The Read, and The Fire Cloud on audiobook, log on to audible.com. And for all the amazing books by Jenny L. Cody, the entire collection of The Epic Order of the Seven, log on to Jenny's website, www.epicorderoftheseven.com. That's epicorderoftheseven.com. See you next time on the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast. And I'm Denny Brownlee. Thanks for joining us.
0: Have a grand day! Au revoir, mes amis!